we're going to be talking about how that God keeps us through faith. Well, actually, the proper word is God keeps us with his power, but we have a part. It's through faith. In other words, we must believe that. So let's look at this. Go to Psalm 55, verse 22, and let's get in the word this morning along these lines. You need to know God has no plans for you to be set back, to be sick, to be injured, right? To be in lack. He has no plans for you to be depressed or to be in fear of anything on the earth because you are his child and he keeps you. So important. Isaiah, or I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 55, verse 22. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord. Notice, that's the man's side. You have to cast your burden upon the Lord. That's our job. We are never to worry about anything. We are never to carry anything. God is saying, you are to cast it all on me. And then now we get into the God side. What, what does he say? And he shall, not might, this is a for sure thing. You cast your burden on the Lord, and God says, I will sustain you. And he'll do something else. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. So he'll sustain you and he'll never allow you to be moved. So cast your burden. This is a Hebrew word. It literally means it's something that is troubling you. You're never to carry anything that troubles you. It also is something that's bothering you. It's something that is weighing you down. You're to cast that on the Lord. And God says if you'll do that, that he will sustain you. This Hebrew word literally means he will keep you. In other words, if you don't cast your burden upon the Lord, he is unable to keep you. See, we have we have millions and millions of Christians that under the 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 wrong, wrongly divided sovereignty doctrine feel this, that whatever happens in my life is God's will because he's completely in control. And that's just not what the Bible says. You see over and over, see, if, and, and we call this a no-fault gospel. Listen, if I'm sick and I ask God to heal me and I don't get healed... Well, then it's because it's not his will. He just has a higher plan for me. And I know that sounds funny. It only sounds funny to us because of all the scriptures that we go through where it's like God says over and over, it is my will that you be healed. I've provided this. But see, everything God's provided by his grace must be received through faith. So we've got believers that, are, that the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying because they're thinking, well, you know, God's in control. Listen, if God was in control, nobody, no child would be molested. No babies would be aborted. People would not be murdered today, raped. There would be no hunger in the world right? There would be none of this if God was in control. Do you know if God was in control, towns would not get wiped out by tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes? That, that is all of those weather patterns. They're not God judging the earth, right? He already judged all of man's sin in the body of Jesus, Right now, we live in the age of the dispensation of the grace of God. How could he possibly judge a sinful man because he is not accounting their sins to them right now? 
In this church age, God says in 2 Corinthians, he says, I'm not accounting their sins against them. Right now, the mass murderer on death row, the only thing between him and God is Jesus. It's not his sin right now. So there is always a God side and there's always a man side. In this, you want God to keep you? Guess what? He wants to keep you. And here's the other thing. See, a lot of people think, well, you know, I'll just work out really hard. I'll stay in shape. I'll eat perfectly. I'm going to work really hard in the workforce. And I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to make as much money as I can. And, I, you know, I've I'm, I'm got some talents here. And I've got some abilities. I'll be okay. But the problem with that is you live on the earth. And things happen right? The, the 35-year-old triathlete dies of a massive heart attack. People get debilitating diseases. They, they are taken out in massive accidents. There's, there's things happening. And I'm here to tell you, Psalm 91, we kind of went through this a little bit. We probably should go through it again today. At least I've got it in my notes. It's kind of stirring in me. It gives us a picture of God keeping us. There is a God side. He wants to keep you. I'm here to tell you, in yourself, you're not going to be enough to be kept. But you could be sure that God will keep you. But you got to cast your burden upon him. You got And to do that, you're going to have to get over yourself. Right? Cast your burden upon the Lord... And he will sustain you. This means he'll keep you. The Bible says this this word sustain means he will maintain you. It means he will guide you. Do you know part of the sustaining power of God is that he guides you? Isaiah 48, 17 says he will teach you how to profit and he will lead you in the way that you should go. Isn't that amazing? He'll teach you how to profit. He'll lead you in the way that you should go. He'll lead you to the right people. He'll open the right doors for you. That's part of the sustaining power of God. He'll feed and nourish you and provide for you. You've got to know that. Listen, you're a child of God, and the moment you were born again, the provision for your life was all taken care of. And God says, you have to let me provide for you. You, you be strong in me. I'll take you places you never dreamed of. He's got to renovate our thinking so that we can handle it, right? Because you can't fake it till you make it in the body of Christ. See, there is a God side. There is a man side. It says here, he shall never. Do you know what that word in the Hebrew language never means? It's real interesting. It's, it's deep. It means Never. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? He'll never, it says in the King James, suffer. That, mean, that Hebrew word means allow. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. This means to be shaken. He won't allow you to be shaken. That sounds a lot like Luke chapter 6. The man that dug deep and founded his house, his life on a rock, when the storms came and beat against that house, it could not shake it. Why? Well, because God's sustaining him. It literally means to slip, to fall. God will never allow you to slip and fall if you'll cast your burden on him. This makes people mad. Because people get mad and say, now wait a minute, so you're saying some things that have happened in my life is because of me? No, 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 no. No, I'm blaming God for that. And and here's the answer to that question. No, it might not be because of you. It might just be because you're on the earth and there is an enemy that hates you. And sometimes unfair things can come against you. But God says, if you'll cast it on me, I'll sustain you. The part of this word means 
I'll never allow you to be carried off your course. This is huge. See, in other words, guys, we're not automatically sustained. We're not automatically kept. How, how does a person get to Psalm 91.16 where it says, with long life I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. Listen, to get there, you're going to have to face some stuff and go through some stuff and you're going to need God to keep you. Right? I mean, all you got to do is just start watching some commercials. Four out of five people get this. Right? 80%. And people sit at home and they're freaked out. Eight out of ten. But when you let God sustain you, you're like, praise God. Me and who else? Because I know I'm sustained. So I, I, great. I know if, the, if it's nine out of ten, then I'm the one. Right? Many believe incorrectly that, that it's all up to God. And God's saying, listen, guys, there's a God side and a man side. So now I want to bring another scripture to you. We're talking about being kept by the power of God and how we're kept is through faith. I want you to see this in the word of God. So go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 3. This will help you today. Man, I'm telling you, if you're facing some stuff, if things have been taken from you and stolen from you, if you've suffered loss in your life, listen, the Holy Spirit will guide you and get you to a place to where God is the one keeping you. And he'll bring all that other stuff that you lost back. So it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words, blessed be God who saved us. He redeemed us. Now look at this. What did he redeem us to? Verse 4, to an inheritance that is what? incorruptible you have an inheritance and it's incorruptible that greek word means it cannot be destroyed it's incorruptible now this is amazing your inheritance everything that jesus did for you cannot be destroyed it's incorruptible it's also undefiled now i love that because it means it cannot be contaminated. In other words, you can't mess it up. Also, it doesn't ever fade away. Which means it's just as strong when God spoke it. When he spoke, whenever that was, I've prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. When he spoke that, do you realize it's the same thing like when he said, light be. It just, boom, happened. Everything was provided for you before you ever came out of the womb. When he says, my God will supply all of your needs, that does not fade away. It can't be contaminated, right? It can never be destroyed. And also, look at this, it is reserved in heaven for you. This is why learning to trust God in the financial arena to where you live a life of honoring him and sowing and giving, see, it literally, it connects your heart to heaven. Where your treasure is, that's, or where your heart is, that's where your treasure is gonna be. So now, this is reserved in heaven. Your inheritance is in heaven. How do you bring it to this earth? Through faith. 
Now look at verse 5. It tells us, look at this. It's reserved in heaven for you who are kept. How are you kept? By the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. The Amplified Bible says this, you who are being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith. Do you see the God side and the man side? You're kept by his power, but it's through faith. So it's all there for you, but in order for you to actually be kept, you have to believe it and you have to act on it. What is faith? I believe with my heart and I speak with my mouth. How are you going to be kept by believing it and keeping and keep, you, you, you believe it in your heart, what God has said, and you speak it out of your mouth. This is so big. The NIV version says it this way, who through faith are shielded by God's power. Wow. So when you believe God, it's like this shield of God's power engulfs you so that nothing gets to you. What's the nothing? The arrow that flies by day, the pestilence, though a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, it does not come near you. Why? Because as you simply believe God, he shields you. Guys, I don't know of a more important message that I as your pastor could ever tell you. God today is telling you, I'll keep you. I'll I'll keep you every moment of every day of your life on this earth. But you're going to have to believe that and you're going to have to act on it, right? You're going to have to do your part by casting your burden upon me. But I'll keep you. I love this. The Living Bible says of this verse, and God in his mighty power will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because you are trusting him. In other words, God's saying, man, I'm going to make sure you get to that table and receive what you need because you're trusting me. Well, is that works? Nope. It's not about works. It's all about trust. Okay? We work out our salvation for it is God that works in us. But this is not a works thing. It's a trust thing. Right? God's power, in other words, protects us through faith. So jump over to Psalm 91. Let's look at verse 16. Let's look at the end of this because we want to see the end and then we want to go back and I want you to just see the flow of this. This is a picture. Psalm 91 is a picture of of God keeping you and I. It's, It's probably the greatest picture that we have in the Bible. And it was, I mean, David would know. God kept David. Man, I mean, in war, you know, he came back from the battlefield, not injured, not dead. God kept him. When Saul was trying to kill him, God kept him. God kept him all of his life. And he wants to keep you too. It says in verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. Literally, this word, show him my salvation, it, you, could, you could translate it, with long life I will satisfy him and I will show him his whole life how that I save. Guys, you're going to have to be saved for some stuff. If you live on the earth, you're going to have to be saved from some stuff. Because there's going to be some stuff coming at you. But I'm telling you, What what are you talking about? I'm telling you, God will keep you out of the intersection when somebody's blowing through a red light. God will keep you 
when you get around somebody who's not feeling well and who might have a virus or sick, he'll keep you. He'll keep you from getting that. So this is why we don't have to fear. Right? You make it to old age. Why? Because the terror by night didn't get you. Oh, it's there, but it didn't get you. You make it to old age because the arrow that flies by day, it didn't get you. Right? You made it to old age because the pestilence that walks in darkness didn't get you. You you made it to an old age, a biblically old age, because the destruction that wastes at noonday didn't get you. Listen, these are not Old Testament situations. This is in the earth right now. Night, day, noonday, in other words, it's everywhere. You made it to old age because no evil got you. No plague even came near your dwelling place. Not only not in your house, it can't even come near your dwelling place. But see, you're going to have to overcome some things to get to this point. So let's read this, Psalm 91, verse 1. Look at how it starts. Step number one, he that dwelleth. This means I'm abiding continually in the secret place. This is a hiding place. It's a place of protection and shelter. It's a covering in secret of the Most High. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, in other words, this this person has made a decision to abide in a place that is beyond the reach of the enemy. Satan can't get to you. We see as we go that this is a place of meditating in the word of God. This is, where is, Jesus went to prepare a place for us. I mean, now he put his spirit in you so that you can know those things that have been freely given to you by God so that he can strengthen you continually by the power of his might. Why? So that patience can rise up and undergird your mind to keep your eyes on Jesus when all hell is breaking loose around you. To keep you believing and speaking the right place, the right thing. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. And this is why we see this principle in the New Testament. 1 Peter 1.5. Those who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Wow. We're kept. See, look at this. When this is a person, do you see faith here? I do, I've chosen to dwell in the secret place. And what's the first thing that's starting to happen now? I will say. And see, this is why many are not kept. Because many want, they want, see, they, give me a, a prophetic word so that I could be kept. No, 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 no. If you're not going to believe this prophetic word, guess what? You can't grab onto anything. You're kept by the power of God, but it's through faith unto your salvation. Right? But look at this. I will say, see, what's the difference? There's not very many people that say, I will say of the Lord. Listen, I believe it and I'm going to speak it. What is going to say? He is my refuge. Right? He is. You can't get to me because he's my refuge. I don't fear sickness and disease because he's my refuge. He keeps me, right? He is my 
fortress. He is my God, and in him will I trust. This is where I live. This is a person who is standing in faith. Faith believes and faith speaks. In other words, you get to the secret place by saying, oh, pastor, that's good preaching, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. You know this scripture. We having the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith as who? As Jesus, as Joshua, as David, as Moses, as Paul, as Peter. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. See, you're not really believing if you're not speaking. Your speaking should reveal what you're believing. How you get to the place where you're kept is you believe God's word, what he says, and you stand. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. And in him will I trust. Amen? That's where we live. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. You love this scripture, don't you? Jesus teaching on the operation of how the faith of God operates. He says, listen, here's how it operates, guys. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Say, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass. He, God says this, he shall have whatever he says. So if I'm saying, listen, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Guess what? I'll have what I say. He is my fortress. He is my God. Man, the pestilence can't even come near my dwelling. No evil's going to befall me. And guess what? Not just me, but my family. This blessing is not just for me. It's for my kids. It's for my family. I'm telling you, this is how we live as Christians. What does Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 say? Let us hold fast. This Greek word literally means let us seize hold of something. What? The profession of our faith. This word profession is the Greek word homo logeo. It means confession. It means to say the same thing. Let us hold fast. I seize hold of saying what God says. So if he says, if I cast my burden upon the Lord, he will sustain me. I walk around all day going, Father, I thank you that you keep me, that you feed me, that you nourish me, right? That you guard me, that you provide for me. And I thank you in Jesus' name that you never allow me to be moved. Nobody can move me off my path because you are keeping me. See, well, people get mad at that. Oh, pastor, who do you think you are? No, 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 it's not about who I am. Listen, it's not about being, listen, smart people, talented people, right? I mean, I mean, look at, look at society. Man, I mean, you have people, I think of one basketball player that played for the Lakers, taken out early in his early 40s. His daughter too, in a horrible helicopter accident. Why? Because he lives on the earth. Listen, when I get on a plane, the plane's not going down, but it's not because of me, it's because of him. And how many does he want to keep? Everyone. God would love it if the whole earth was kept and Satan's walking around going, man, am I bored? I just don't have anything to do. Right? He keeps us. 
Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promised. Wow. In other words, faith, which is the way to the secret place, is believing, is speaking, and it's trusting God. It's believing what he says, it's speaking what he says, and it's trusting him and trusting in what he said. James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who's God, who gives to everyone liberally. More than you need. When you ask him for two, he'll never just give you two. It'll be more because he's God. And because you're not here for you, he has to give you more. Your cup runs over. Why? Because you should be a constant flow into other people's lives. Right? Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. He doesn't get down on you for the mess you've created. But it says here, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven and it's tossed by the wind. What does that mean? It's, it's tossed around by something outside. You are never to be moved by anything outside. You are to be moved. You're like a tree planted by rivers of water, Right? Whose, whose leaf never withers, who yields all of his fruit in his season, who everything that he puts his hand to is brought to maturity. Why? Because of you? No, 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 because of God. That's just a benefit. This is reality. He that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse seven, for let not that man, what is, what, who, that man, who? The man that has chosen not to have faith. He's literally chosen. Listen, I just don't, I just don't believe it and I'm not gonna act on it, right? Think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. See, it doesn't say, don't let that man think the Lord won't get, will give him anything because, see, God's already given it. It's not a matter of God giving you. It's a matter of you receiving it. He's already given it. It's like if this bottle represents all things that pertain to life and godliness, he just said, here it is, Tony. There's everything you need right there. It's already yours. I've given it to you. It's not a matter of, of, of him giving it to me, but I won't be able to receive it unless I believe it and then act on it. If I said, hey, listen, you know, out, outside there is a brand new whatever, your favorite vehicle. I bought that for you. Do you know, you might look at me and go, yeah, I just don't believe it. I don't believe you'd ever do that. Do you know you, if you didn't choose to finally believe it, you would never benefit from it. But if you even believed it and said, wow, that's really nice. Do you know that car would never, or that SUV, I better do, that four-wheel drive SUV that's 800 horsepower and it looks really cool, right? That, that, that vehicle would never do you any good unless you actually walked outside, got the keys, right? Got in the car and drove it. That's exactly the way the things of God are. So today, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It is time to get the pride out of the body of Christ because people sit here and they listen to this stuff. And they're listening under the context of God has this place in my life. This is the place I've given him. And that's it. And I, I mean, is, is this kind of plain teaching today? It's pretty plain, isn't it? Do you realize people could sit here and listen to that and go, they don't even hear it. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Man, you got to give it all up. You got to put God first. Trust me, you are not going to want to come to the end of your life and stand before the Lord and go, when you step out of your body, you're just going to go, oh man, I just live for myself. I missed the whole plan of God for my life. I traded that 
And you're going to look at Jesus. He's still going to love you. He's going to say, enter into your rest. But the Bible says in that day, many will shrink back when they see him because they just live for themselves. So don't do that. Let God sustain you. Let him keep you through everything. See, the difference is faith. The difference is not, I'm smarter, I'm better. The difference is not, I deserve it. No, no, no. The difference is faith. Right? This person believed God's word enough to speak it. He is my God. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. And I have made a decision. All of my trust is in him. And he will never allow me to be moved. Here's the thing, guys. Nobody, nobody can believe this for you. You have to choose this. Every believer has to choose this for themselves. It makes all the difference what you believe and what you act upon and do. It makes all the difference. So verse 3, look at this. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. This word pestilence is an epidemic. It's a plague. It says, God is saying, surely I will deliver you from this. See, this person is believing God enough to speak it. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings shall you trust. His truth, which we know truth is the word of God, shall be your shield. And see, we think of a shield as like something that you hold up in front of you. But this, is, this Hebrew word means a shield that completely surrounds you. And his truth shall be your buckler or your armor. This is why we know Ephesians 6, be endued with the whole armor of God. That's why we know the armor of God is revelation knowledge of the word of God. Because why? His buckler, his armor, God's armor is his, it literally, it's, it's his word, is his armor. And it keeps you. Verse 5, you'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Hmm. You'll not be afraid. If you make this decision to dwell, you will not be afraid. That tells me that every one of us will encounter things in our life that where the spirit of fear will manifest itself. You'll have to deal with the spirit of fear. So you're going to have to say this. Fear, I resist you. Right? You're going to have to say, fear, I resist you. God is my refuge. God is my fortress. I refuse to fear. When do you do that? Well, you do that when the snare of the fowlers around you, the arrow that's flying by day, right? The pestilence. Do you see how fear is not to have any part of that? I just want to make sure you could say that. Say, fear, I resist you. God is my refuge. God is my fortress. I refuse to fear because all my trust is in you. See, you speak that. Can you just sense that come out of your spirit? You are not weak. You're not afraid. You are fearless in Christ. That's who you are. Man, my spirit has goosebumps all over it right now. Look at this. Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wow. So now let's look at Psalm 91, 6. 
See, it says in verse 5, you'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence. Notice, it mentioned that again. I wonder if in 2021, God got caught off guard. I don't think so. Nor of the pestilence. This means the epidemic, the plague that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side. Time out. God, can't you just change that a little bit? A thousand might fall at my side. No, no, no. God says a thousand shall fall at your side. That tells me you're going to be in the middle of some stuff. And 10,000 at your right hand. Nightmare. But, God says, it shall not come near you. Why? Because I have all my trust in him. I believe that he will keep me in everything. I'm safe. I'm provided for. I'm free. He keeps me. It says here, well, look at, look at verse 7. See, do you see in all, verse 5, verse 6 through verse 7? Where do you expect these things? Verse 8, only with your eyes shall you, shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Oh, you'll see it, but only with your eyes. You'll, it'll never come near you. Yeah, but you don't understand. I mean, you know, this virus is airborne and, and this... And, uh, listen, I don't care if you're walking around and you're in the middle of 50 people and you're stuck there and all of them are talking to each other. Man, can you smell anything? Yeah, no, I, you know what? Yes, yesterday. <coughs> they turn around, look at you. <laughs> I can't smell a thing. Man, my body's aching and oh, I'm having trouble breathing. You need to be going... Fear, I reject you. My God is my refuge. But see, it's not going to be like, well, you know, I'm in the little heavenly word of faith church. And, 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 you know, I believe God. So it's just all wonderful. No, it's all hell breaking loose in your life. And you're sitting there going, wow, God, you're so good. Because it's just not even coming near me. But you've got to believe it. See, that's the thing. you got to believe it enough to act on it to where you in the midst of this go, no, 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 no. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. In him I trust. I refuse to fear. Get out of my life, fear. I reject you. Right? All of a sudden, after they're in this group of 50 people, you go to, you go to lunch Right? And oh man, you go to Texas Roadhouse and they bring you those biscuits, those rolls, you know, with the cinnamon butter, right? And you're just kind of smelling, you know, are you getting hungry for the things of God, right? But, but all of a sudden you just went there a few days ago before this, you got stuck in all these people. Now you went there and you're like, Jeanette, can you smell? I can't, I can't. Uh-oh. Then a thought hits your mind. Oh, you got the Rona. Right? I'm not minimizing this. This is, this is serious stuff. Oh, man, you've got it. No, no, that's when you go, no. I reject this. I will never. This is a lying symptom. I reject it. It has no right in my body. It's got to go in Jesus' name. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. See, this is faith. When things aren't working out in your life, when a door that you know should be opened is not opening to you, don't get all wimpy and go, well, you know, it just never works out for me. No, no, no. That's where you say no. Door you open in Jesus' name. This is what God wants me to do. Nothing can stop me because of him, right? He is my keeper. It says, look at verse nine, because you've made 
the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, your habitation. Notice, look at, why is all this happening? Because the person made a decision to make the Lord his habitation. How did I do this? I did it by believing and speaking. This is how I get saved, how I got saved. This is how I walk out my salvation. I'm kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. See, it's not a matter of works. It's a matter of trust. Verse 10, there shall no evil befall you. So if no evil ever befalls you, does that mean that there should ever be evil befalling you? No, none. That's everything. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Why? Verse 11, for he, God, will give his angels charge. You know what that word charge means? It literally means God will order his angels. He will say, listen, Michael, Gabriel, angels, you go and you take care and protect Elisa. You keep her, right? I'm going to order that. He's going to give his angels charge over you. To do what? To keep you in all of your ways. This is why the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, encamps round about them that fear the Lord, that reverence and honor and respect him above everything else. He is my fortress. Hallelujah. They'll keep you in all of your ways. Here's the cool thing about the word ways. Do you know what it means in the Hebrew? It means road. He'll keep you on your road. He'll keep you on your path. He will do it. What is your job? Rest. You don't have to figure it out. Yeah, but how am I going to how am I going to fix this mess? Well, knock yourself out if you want to, but you know, this is how you fix a mess. God, Father, Dad, I really messed up here. And, 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 and your father goes, all right, my son, all right, my daughter, thank you. I'll keep you. I'll fix it. And this is what happens to you. Wow. God, you're so good. Right? And then you go a little further and you mess up again. But because you know him, you're like, hey, Father, um, you know, I know we just talked an hour ago about a mess, but um, he's like, and, 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 and he'll look at you and he'll say, now, son, give it to me. Give it to me. It's, it's my pleasure to take it. Now listen, son. Right now, you're being tempted to condemn yourself. Don't do that. My son already, he was condemned 2,000 years ago. That's been paid for. Because God knows something that we don't seem to know as human beings. Shame of sin, guilt, condemnation drags you back into the sin. But realizing that you have a merciful God that will forgive you for the same thing 70 times 7 every day are unlimited. It helps you to begin to see that, wow, this is not even who I am. And you start to trust him more. In other words, God keeps me. God will keep you in every realm of your life. Every realm. Verse 12, these angels, they shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now look at this. Here's another thing about God keeping you. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder. That means you're above them. The young lion, it's one thing about a lion, but it's another thing about a young lion. Those are the fierce ones, right? And the dragon, you shall trample under feet. Why? So glad you asked. Verse 14. 
because he hath set his love upon me. God is saying, all this is going to be a byproduct because you've chosen to set your love upon me. Therefore, will I deliver him and I will set him on high because he has known my name. What is eternal life? John 17, 3. Put that up on the screen for a second. John 17, 3. And this is life eternal, that you would know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Wow. I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high because he's known my name. See, we know this. Faith works by love. See, worship, this is why worship is so important. I'm telling you, the most important thing in your life are times of worship with God. Some of the most important times of our church service is during the worship because I'm telling you, worship is setting your heart on God. If there's no worship, you're not setting your heart on God. You're not casting your burden on him. He's not able to sustain you. Walking in a revelation of the love of God, it enables us to believe him so that we can possess the inheritance that he's provided for us. So let's finish up Psalm 91.15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him. And I will honor him. Well, now, why can God honor us? Well, we see that in 1 Samuel 2.30. It, it reveals it. 1 Samuel 2.30, right in the middle of this verse, it's a truth. God says, they that honor me will I honor. So the reason why he's honoring this person is because they're honoring him. And then he finishes up, and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. In other words, I'll show him how I'm going to save him. What does that mean? I'll show him his whole life, how I saved him from the noisome pestilence, from the epidemic, the plague, the, the, the destruction that walks in darkness, the arrow that flies by day, the 10,000 that are fallen at your right hand, the 1,000 that are fallen at your left, all of these things, God says, I will be your shield and your buckler. I'll protect you. So the question is that I leave with you today is, do you believe it? And do you believe it enough to start speaking it? Because I'm telling you, everything comes down. You, your words coming out of your heart. When you speak God's word, God's presence and his power, it comes right on the scene to bring it to pass. That is who we are as Christians. Amen?